Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is December 16th, 2020. Monday was the start of early voting in the state of Georgia for the Senate race. Needless to say, how crucial this race is going to be, the impact that this race is going to have on this country to get everything right side up. Um, From what I've been reading, Monday and Tuesday, the turnout turnout was great. And if history serves correct, early voting has always benefited the Democratic Party. So it's believed that people are really truly getting the message and the understanding how crucial that the impact of this Senate race is going to be for the Biden administration. Also yesterday was the day that the states officially announced their electoral college numbers. Needless to say, after President Trump spent millions of dollars, wasted millions of dollars, taxpayers' money for these recounts, much to nobody's surprise, Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. It is also believed that a bipartisan group of senators have agreed that they're going to passed a $748 billion stimulus package. With this package, it is believed that unemployment will be extended for at least four more months. Um, This will help with the situation facing people that have lost their jobs due to the coronavirus pandemic. However, this is far less from the trillion dollar package that the House had came up with. And is also believed that, again, another criteria of the importance of voting for the two Democratic senators, because if this goes through, Democrats will control the Senate as well as the House and a much needed package, a much realistic package will be passed. You know, and let let me let me sidetrack from that. What I don't understand is why is it that. The Republican Senate, led by Mitch McConnell, what what is the issue that they have with wanting to help Americans? I mean, the package that they're proposing, it it don't even put a dent. Like I said, they're they're getting ready to pass a seven hundred and forty eight billion dollar package, which, you know, basically it says bipartisan. But it's, it's really, it's four senators 
that actually have to cross party lines to get this done. But this, this is not even putting a scratch, a dent in what is needed. The package that the Democrats in the House have proposed not only will put out another set of stimulus checks, another set of PPE funding, which this funding is for businesses that have to close due to COVID and it allows for them to stay afloat so that when everything writes itself back up, these businesses can reopen. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that everything is going to go back the same. It's not. There are some businesses that no matter what, they just they won't be able to survive this. Some businesses were on their last leg before COVID. There are some businesses that strived during COVID. I mean, I myself, like I said, I've been deemed an essential worker based on my occupation. I have not missed a beat from the start of this year up to the end of this year. There are individuals that have benefited greatly from COVID, if there's such a thing. But at the same time, there are also situations where a number of new things have been revealed during 2020. You know, stimulus checks, PPE checks. These are the things that help give people a second chance. What I don't understand is why is, and I know people will say, well, you know, Mitch McConnell, he's a monster. He's a bastard. Yeah, I get all that stuff. But how is it that 50 or 51 senators on the Republican Party, how is it that they have that mindset? How is it that, I mean, am I, am I to believe that every one of them have the same narrow-minded view of just helping actual corporations. You can't say they're trying to help businesses because they're not trying to help a small business. It's like they're trying to help only corporations. They don't, they don't care that if this $748 billion bill is not passed, that on December 31st, the, the things that are in place right now, like rent protection, these, these things end on the 31st. So basically, it's like saying January 1st, Happy New Year, you got to move. You are going to be evicted because the monies that was given in the previous stimulus package helped subsidize landlords with the money that they were not getting getting from their tenants. All this is going to be done away if some type of package is not put in place. And then, of course, we're also facing a government shutdown if a budget is not passed. So, you know, we could... 
I mean, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And it's like these motherfuckers just don't care. They do not care. It's like shut it down. They do not care. And then there's also, you know, President Trump, lame duck, President Trump. He's like, well, if they bring anything before me, I'm going to veto it. Because you still got him lurking the halls. I mean, it's this this some sad shit that they got us going through. And I mean, it starts, you know, to say there, there were precautions about the coronavirus back in the Obama administration. It's an understatement. And, you know, you don't you don't want to harp on, well, Trump did this or Trump didn't do that. You know, we get it. But it's like the Congress... The governments, and I mean, not even just the federal level, but the state government. I mean, look at Georgia, the governor of Georgia, the stuff that he didn't do just to try to appease a, a president. He puts the welfare of the citizens of this state on hold. Just to appease a dumbass president? I mean, this is like, what the fuck are, what is going on with all this? I mean, are these people deliberately trying to destroy the United States? Much less, you know, maybe even trying to destroy the world. But when you just think about the effort that they just that they're just going against everything that says if you do this, this will happen. This will make it better. And they're like, fuck that. You know, just like, what, a week ago, Donald Trump, despite the fact that Georgia numbers are spiking in regards to the coronavirus, he holds a rally. Pence came on a Friday, Trump came on a Saturday and they held a rally in this state to promote the two senators that are running, the two Republican senators and not one Republican official stood up and said, hey, you can't do this. People forget back in North Carolina where they were trying to hold the the Republican National Convention, and the governor, he sat there and said, you can't do this. You, it's, it's asinine for you to even think about doing something like this. You would think our governor would step up and just say, hey, you know, Mr. President, I got your support. I believe in you, but you can't, you just, you can't do this. In my state, them numbers are spiking. But no, he didn't do that. From day one, back in March, when it was stated that certain shutdowns need to take place, Governor Kemp doubled down. He put in stuff 
before Donald Trump even made, made moves. Hell, Donald Trump had even said, I didn't say that. Dude, you going over the top. And it's like, for what? What Was he trying to get a cabinet position? But, I mean, you know, we all know how Kemp got into office anyway. So, you know, this motherfucker, he don't give a damn. But, you know, let's, let's, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there. I wanted to commend Miss Sandra Lindsay. She's a nurse in Queens. And she's one of the first individuals in the United States to receive the vaccine for COVID-19. And, you know, you see almost every day a number of individuals are, you know, they, they're making the, they, they're, they're taking the leap. They're, they're you know, they're doing what it takes to demonstrate that this vaccine so far is, is beneficial. But I don't think people really understand for this vaccine to work, it has to be a large majority of people that take this. Now, I know everybody's kind of like taking steps backwards and rightfully so, especially African-Americans, because, you know, um, being test subjects in federal government just don't sit too well with us. I mean, you know, I, you know it's funny because I, um, I actually took the time to read about the Tuskegee experiment and... I didn't know the the depths of it. I pretty much, I got my information. I always heard of it, just like, you know, going back in college. But I think when I saw the movie, Miss Evers' Boys, that was made by HBO, um, it's well over 10 years ago when that movie was made. But the thing is, I just didn't know the extent. You know, I didn't know that that test was still conducted as late as 1972. I definitely didn't know that the Department of Center for Disease Control, CDC, played a part. And I didn't know that they pretty much purposely untreated the syphilis. You know, and it's just... You know, of course, they did it at Tuskegee University, a black college. So that, you know, pretty much, um, I guess people felt, well, it's at a black college. I didn't realize that it was over 600 men that they, they tested these things on. It's just the things that was conducted during this test, I get it. Shit, I don't trust them either. I mean, I feel that eventually I'm going to have to take this vaccine. But you best believe I'm going to be as far to the back of that line as possible. But, you know, it's funny. I'm seeing different 
entities like businesses, pretty much it's going to be some type of mandate. I don't think they said it yet, but it's going to be some type of mandate that indicates that if you want to go back to work, especially if you're working at some place like a Walmart or a McDonald's, places like that where numbers are being restricted, you know, places like McDonald's, Starbucks, where their dining room is closed because I'm sure Despite the fact that, I mean, every time I pass a Starbucks, the line is going around the block. Chick-fil-A, I don't think they've, they have missed a beat. But I'm sure their numbers have dipped due to people not being in the dining room area. I mean, I know for myself, when I'm out and about, Starbucks was always my spot because, you know, they had the, they had the Wi-Fi. I run into a McDonald's, do some work, Chick-fil-A do some work so that that has made me adjust to how my working day because a lot of stuff now before I leave home I have to make sure that I have it all set up before I leave out whereas I could pretty much you know with my laptop just go do one thing find a Starbucks or you know a hot spot and do some work and keep it moving I've had to make changes to how I work. So pretty much, but each time, of course, when I stop, whether it's Starbucks, get a cup of coffee, McDonald's, even if I just got a small order of fries or got a frap or, you know, Chick-fil-A, get a lemonade. I mean, I know, I know what I get from these places, but pretty much just that, that money that they lose for me on a weekly basis. Now you multiply that by millions of people. Yeah, that's some, that's some change. Because it's ironic. I hardly eat at McDonald's. Or much less go through a drive-thru. I hate going through a drive-thru, to be truthful. Because it's just sitting there waiting. I'm like, you know what? By the time I get to the front of this line, I can make it home. And just, you know, do things the way I'm supposed to do. Um, cook in my own kitchen. But it just, it's just amazing how... People have not uh, gained the understanding how things have to be implemented. And, you know, this goes back to, you know, the situation with Congress. And, you know, to start at the beginning with the early voting, the importance of the Senate race. I've stated this before. As Joe Biden has put it already, what he's going to propose in his first hundred days He wants everybody to wear a mask. His first hundred days in office. But what I believe Joe Biden is going to do if the Democrats take the Senate. What he's going to do, he's going to shut this country down. He'll probably shut this country down for about six weeks, maybe two months. The House Senate come together, they pass the package that they really want. That way they can pay the businesses to stay afloat during the shutdown. People will get money to pay their utilities. There also be incentives for utility companies 
not to shut people electricity off and water off and such and such. All the time, while people are in a dormant state, so everything can settle down, then from that point, the vaccinations can start. And like I said before, it's going to probably be mandatory that if you want to come back to work, you're going to have to show proof that you took that vaccine. And of course, you know, there are going to be some people that's going to try to bucket. I mean, you got people that don't want to wear a mask. Now you're talking about getting a shot in your arm? Really? Shit. You're talking, it's going to, it's going to be some real shit out here when they do that. It's gonna be it's gonna be very colorful, but just to um, reiterate on that, you know, I believe we're gonna overcome this. I really do. I believe that there's a common sense way to resolve this. I believe that this could have been resolved at the early part of this year. For some reason, individuals just chose to let this company be led astray. And I would love to know why, what was the purpose? You know, it's obvious somebody gained something monetary. We know that the two senators that are running on the Republican field, they both, they can deny it. You know, they can sit there and say, they both went before these ethnic committees and they were acquitted but of course both of these committees were run by republicans but it's no doubt that they 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 withheld money or invested in entities that would benefit them from the covid virus but you know of course hopefully we can put their asses out and have a new start. Another thing that I saw in the news, um, I don't know if people realize that Breonna Taylor's mother is still trying to fight to reopen her daughter's case. It's funny, the grand jury individuals, some of them were interviewed and they indicated that a lot of issues were not revealed, revealed during the grand jury hearing, which they felt that if it was, they would have had a different outcome. They would have had a different view of what was presented to them. But see, this is another thing. People don't understand how all this is connected. Breonna Taylor mother goes to, I guess the, um, the state level of, I guess it would be something like their Supreme Court. This court basically has to go on the decision that the state attorney general, Daniel Cameron, has stated. They indicated that they cannot go over his head. They cannot force him to reopen this case. But what people fail to realize, and this is how this is connected to the Georgia Senate race because if the two Democrats 
are sent to Washington. Again, the Democrats control the Senate. What Breonna Taylor mother can now do is appeal to the new attorney general that would be in place by Joe Biden. And you got to remember that individual has to be confirmed by the Senate. So let's say if the Republicans keep the Senate and Joe Biden uh, announced John Doe as his attorney general, the Senate can then say, no, we don't want John Doe or draw it out, which either will make Joe Biden say, well, I need an attorney general. So what will happen is the individual that he truly wants, he's going to have to tell that individual you're going to have to step aside or that individual might just say, you know what? I can't do this any longer. I'm going to just withdraw my name, which then Joe Biden will probably meet with the Republican Senate and find somebody that they is, I guess, on the fence that they will approve. Now you got Joe Biden having to have a second, maybe a third choice for attorney general, which is not his first choice. But if the Democrats take the Senate, we won't have to worry about nothing like this. And going back to Breonna Taylor's mother, she can appeal to the new attorney general that is Joe Biden's first choice. And this individual have the authority and the power to override Daniel Cameron's authority in Kentucky and have her daughter, Breonna Taylor's case reopened. Again, people do not understand how detrimental this Senate race in Georgia is. They don't, they don't understand this. And just, you know, again, another side note. Recently, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris met with a number of civil rights organizations. And pretty much it was to discuss issues that the civil rights organizations wanted to address when Joe Biden is sworn in. Somehow, an audio, a snippet of that audio was leaked out. And in it, you could hear Joe Biden explaining how the issues that these organizations wanted to be addressed, such as defunding the police and gun control, what he is explaining that these issues cannot be addressed right now. What the civil rights leaders are asking him is to talk about defunding the police, talk about gun control, but they're asking him to talk about it right now. And you can hear Joe Biden 
state making a statement that it would be detrimental to talk about these things with the current Senate race that was currently going on because there is momentum in the upside. Cause like I said, based on the numbers on Monday and Tuesday, it's a good turnout that's happening right now. Joe Biden is saying that if we start talking about these issues, it could sway. It can, I guess, agitate those individuals that are against these subjects and, and other subjects. Now, the thing is, it was also stated that somebody, you can hear somebody saying, why is it that when Democrats are running for office, they hype up these subjects, but once they are elected, they kind of squash it down. And at that point, then, you know, the audio was lost. So, you know, you didn't hear, you know, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris response. So I'm going to give you my point of view on this. And I think what people fail to realize is that when it comes to the Republican Party and Democrat Party, it's obvious it's two different groups of people. There's two different types of base. When it comes to the Republican Party, they really have one base. Now, they have a multitude of people, but they have that one base really is fixated on basically two things, making money and, as Trump put it, making America great again, basically making white people feel comfortable. That is, that's their base. It's really, it's simple because you basically are catering to one group of people. Whereas the Democrat Party, which is the majority, it may not seem like it, but Democrats are the majority. But the base is more, is more diverse. We're talking about different ethnics. We're talking about poor, middle class, rich, super rich, wealthy. You're talking about straight, gay. You're talking about transgender. You're talking about a multitude of people that the Democrat Party has to cater to. People don't get that. There are Democrats that believe in the Second Amendment. There are Democrats that don't want to defund the police. So when organizations say things like, and it's funny, President Obama had done an interview and he keeps saying the problem with the Democrat Party is wording. They put statements out there like, say like, defund the police. And Republicans, they constantly hijack it. Republicans will say things like, 
when you defund something, because this is this is really what the Republicans do. They'll say things like, let's defund Planned Parenthood. What the when the Republicans use the word defund, they really talking about abolishing something. If you remember, they was going after Planned Parents um, organizations. Let's abolish, let's defund them. No, what they're trying to do when they say let's defund them, they are literally saying let's do away with it. Let's shut it down. So Republicans, they use that language and then they hear the Democrats saying it, which of course the Democrats are not saying defund the police. They're basically saying let's take some of the funding that we put in the police and use it for other things. But it's not being stated that way. Even when Joe Biden had made the statement that we should add more fund to the police, because what he was trying to say is. Let's use that extra funding to educate. Police officers, which to me, you know, that's bullshit, because it's not an issue of whether or not a police officer is educated because you can say police officers have to have a PhD. If he's corrupt, he's corrupt. The problem with the police is the hierarchy of the police department because the majority of these police officers that pull their guns and shoot in a lot of instances, if you look at their records or look at their, I guess their, their file history, you will see a number of complaints before that have been taking disciplinary actions and nothing has happened to them or have issues in another state and then they go to another state and they set up the same camp and whoever hired them, they knew their past history and they let them back on the streets. So it, it's, it don't have nothing to do with education. It has a lot to do with the hierarchy. It has to do with if you are a mayor and you hire your police chief, you need to hire somebody that has high standards and moral values. And then from that point, that police officer need to tell his subordinates okay you got one year to clean up your area whether or not it's this individual that has three violations we need to find out what's going on with that person if it can't be rectified you need to get rid of them and yes they'll probably run to another city or town but you know they won't be in some major city if they want to run the Mayberry or something like that. All well and good. This is the issue. So I'm I'm open for the concept of defunding the police. Because like people say, yeah, you take the funds and you put it in another aspect of the community. Because, see, I don't understand why there's some police departments that have tanks or um RPGs or, you know, I mean, sometimes you look at these police departments, they look like 
I mean, you can't tell the difference between them and soldiers in Afghanistan. And they go into a housing project and they go in there prepare for war. And see, my thing is, if you got a tank, it's obvious you got to use it. In fact, that's one of the stipulations of having this stuff. They have to show that there's a reason for it, a purpose for it, and they have to use it. That tank has to be cranked up and rolled out on the street for them to keep it. And you best believe they're going to find a reason to keep it. So, you know, when people say, you know, defund the police or add more money to the police, it's not going to work if you don't change the morals and the values of the police. That's where everything needs to start. But, you know, again, that's just that's just my two cents. Last but not least, Donald Trump is indicating that. When he leaves the White House, that on the exact day of Joe Biden's inauguration, he's going to hold a rally. And his goal is that his rally is going to siphon off the crowd participation at the inauguration. I mean, do he not realize that the people that support Joe Biden would not go to his rally in the first place and vice versa. So, I mean, where would the siphoning come from? I mean, hey, January 20th, everything changed. Hopefully, the swelling of the crowds for Voting in Georgia, early voting will pay out. Democrats will take the Senate. Joe Biden will be sworn in. And this time next year, COVID will be, I'm not going to say it's going to be totally eradicated. I'm not going to say we going to forget about it, but I think Christmas will be merrier. How about that? But anyway, as always, if you agree with what I say, please let me know. If you disagree with what I say, please let me know. I would love to hear your comments. Follow me on Facebook at my Facebook page. There's a system to this madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. Be safe. Be careful. God bless. Until next time, take care.